company, man, showing that you a, you know, you're a Jesus freak, a disciple for Jesus Christ, and we love that. Amen? We love Jesus, and we love people, and we love to represent Jesus in everything that we do. So praise God for that, man. Uh, did anybody have a good time that day? Easter Sunday, right? Had pictures and stuff. We got turned up. It was amazing, man. But uh, now we're going to jump right into this sermon. Amen. Let's pray. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for this time, Lord God Almighty, that you have prepared for us, God, to hear your word. And I ask that you will speak, Lord God, with clarity. I ask that you will speak with transparency, God, that, Lord, your will be done tonight, God. I pray, Father God, that you would have your way in my life, God. Work in and through me, God, for your good purposes, Lord. And let us, Lord God, have minds and hearts open for what thus says the Lord according to your word, God. I pray that tonight, Lord God, will be a night of teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, Lord God. Encouragement, God, that your word will go forward and not come back void. Lord, have your way tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen, amen. Praise God. Let's give it up for Jesus Christ one more time. Amen. God is good, man. He's worth it all. As you guys can see up here on the karaoke screen behind me, as and I can see it up here, the title of today's message is, Are You a Child of God or a Child of the Devil? Think about that. Are you a child of God or are you a child of the devil? Now, see, we hear a title like that, and it's like, wait a minute, I should have stood at home. Because it's about to get real, right? But the thing is, it always gets real at Elevate, so there's nothing new under the sun in here, right? We get real and we keep it real. And I believe it's messages like this that we must hear in a culture in which we lived in, or we live in, I should say, right? The last time we had the sermon series, which was uh, before Easter fr- uh, week and things like that, it was a sermon on what? Does anybody remember? I'll give you a hint. It was cultural, a counter. I just gave you the answer. Trick myself all right, man. It was counter what? Culturalism. Some of y'all can't even say it right now because you're still, you're still scared. Like, wait a minute. I don't know if I can be the rebel that God wants me to be. But I want to tell you, you can be the rebel that God wants you to be because he already has it inside of you to be a rebel. It's just a matter of if you're going to allow the enemy to use that rebel, that, that rebel within you to go against God or allow God to use that rebel within you to go against the things of the devil himself. And so today, we're going to talk about this very question in our series, True or False. And we have to ask this question in our own lives. Is it true or false if you're a child of God? Is that true or false? Is it true or false if you're a child of the devil? Is it true or false? And these are the questions we literally need to ask ourselves. And so we want to just kind of give a brush of what we, uh, what we talked about two weeks ago. Um, and it was about this. We learned that real Christians is one who, are, who is counter-cultural and therefore isn't against, is against the ways of the world that is sinful and against God. We love the people of the world unto Jesus, meaning we love them while pointing to Jesus Christ like, listen, you need Jesus. Yet we hate and have no part of the sin that is in the world. So we learn that we must live and stand against the world and its beliefs and culture that is against God. And we do this by living in such a way that represents the God who is in us and the God we serve. And so we learn that, one, we cannot love, we cannot love both the world and God because they are opposed to each other. 
right? That was the first thing we learned. We cannot love both God and the world. And the reason why we can't do that, it is impossible, is because the world and God are two opposing factors. They are against each other. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? That is the reason why you can't, as a husband, I can't say, well, I love two females right now. I love two wives right now. How many of you know I would not make it that far, right? The moment I make a statement like that, my wife will probably wait. She'll have assassins waiting for me in my office, and I will be dead that moment, right? So it cannot happen because you have two opposing forces going against each other, and therefore it cannot be true love. Somebody will get left in the back burner. Somebody will get their, 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 our backs turned to them, and many times, unfortunately, it is, the, it is our backs that are turned toward God. God have mercy. And so we learn, number two, that a Christian is one who remains and abides, right, staying close to the vine of Jesus Christ in the truth of Jesus Christ and lives in accordance to God's truth and not the lies of the world. And that is what makes us counter-cultural Christians who stand and live contrary to, the, to the, the culture and the world. And so many of us, I heard a statement that was so powerful on 90.1, and it made so much sense. It says, and they were talking about, they were, they were trying to get, uh, raise money to have Bibles sent to a, a particular area in, our, in, our, in the earth, right? In the world, a rural area, right? And so he said, how can we have the word of God inside of our hearts if we haven't even held the word of God in our hands? Oh, that thing hits so hard because the thing is, how can we be counterculture or be a child of God in which we're about to get into right now if we don't even have God in our hearts? Or let alone if we don't have the word of God, I'm saying, in our hands. How can we have the promises of God and hold on to them within our hearts if we don't even open up the Bible and hold it in our hands to read the promises of God that are for our lives? And so the Bible goes on to say in the Old Testament, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. We die because we don't know what has been given to us already by God Almighty. And so this week we jump right into chapter 3 and we will learn of the children of God and the children of the devil. And we will have to ask ourselves, we are, are, we, are we a child of God or a child of the devil? Notice that God does not have a middle ground to which the world has created and called doing me. How many people heard of that? I mean, people just talking about, dude, man, I'm just going to do me. Dude, what you want? How you been doing? I'm just doing me. You guys heard about that, right? I know that that has to come from like somebody like Oprah or something like that because that thing spread like fire. You know what I mean? And it seemed like anything that Oprah says with, with the culture, they just run with it or some musician or something like that. But it came out with a thing, a middle ground with the enemy. Obviously, it came from the enemy. And it said, well, I'm just going to do me. They say I will not live for God and I sure will not live for the devil. So I would just live and do me. What I want to do, what I want to believe, and the way I want to live. This cannot be further from the truth as we will see in this chapter. It's either you're a child of God or you're a child of the devil himself. And I know that's real direct terms, but this is how the Bible talks about it. And this is how the Bible says it just like that. It doesn't make a distinction or, or let you be comfortable in our seat and be like, well, let me give you some flowers first before I break the good news to you or the bad news for that matter. Here's some roses, and I just want to let you know you are a child of Satan. He doesn't say it like that. He just comes straight forward and says, look, you're either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. And after that, you're like, my goodness, well, what am I? Like, who am I? You know what I mean? What kind of child am I? And you could just look at your own life and kind of see what child are you, right? And so this is how it kicks off. First John chapter three. We're going to begin. We're going to be going through this whole chapter, and God willing, we're going to be doing this in a matter of thirty minutes, right? 
the first verse says C. All right, everybody say C. Right? You guys know what the definition of C, right? If you don't, just look at me, and you're seeing me right now. That's what it is. You're looking at somebody, right? He's calling our attention to look at something, and what he's calling our attention to is to look at the great love of God and the privileges in which he has given us. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. This first verse is coming from the verse that was, uh, was previous or before it in verse 29 of chapter 2. It says, if you know that he is righteous, talking about God, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him or born of God. And so right after that, John goes on ahead and says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. It wasn't because we did good works and we, we were doing righteous acts in front of God. It wasn't because of that. He was trying to get us to see the fact that we are now born of God. And because we are born of God, we do righteous things. Do you guys understand that? When you really think about that concept and what I just said, you will start to actually see the great love of God the Father. That he did such a thing, not based on what you did or didn't do, but solely based on what his son, our Lord and Savior, did on the cross in which we celebrated on Easter Sunday. And so moving on, it says, you uh, lavish on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him, God, Jesus Christ, when he came in the flesh. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. This is what John the Gospel, same writer of John, of this epistle or this letter, says in John chapter 1, and I'm going to go straight to it. Verse 12 says this, yet to all who did receive him, talking about Jesus, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right. Okay, let me read that part again. He gave the right to become children of God. I want to let us know that today it is a right by God Almighty to call ourselves a child of God. And see, therefore, if it is a right to call ourselves children of God, then what signifies or what, 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 what states that we have this right? What makes that right a truth? In our lives, that we could even have the audacity to say, hey, the world, everybody, mom, dad, cousins, uncle, I am a child of God. And according to John chapter 1, that right was because we believed in the name of Jesus. That's what gave us the right to be called a child of God. That is what gave us the right to call ourselves Christians. But anything far from that, you must, or anything opposite to that, then you have to ask yourself, do I still have the right to call myself such a person as a child of God? And so verse, when we keep on going, it says this, dear friends, now, somebody say now. Now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known, but what we know that, Sorry, but we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The Bible says right here that we are children of God right now. Not tomorrow. Not when God delivers us or splits the Red Sea or makes the moon come down to the earth and we're riding that sucker like a, like a horse or something. No, man. It's right now. We are children of God right now. We who are becoming like Christ, we do not know what the end result will be, but we know that when Christ appears, we will see him as he is. 
And so what he's talking about is the transformation that we are undergoing as children of God on a daily basis. It is a transformational thing that's happening as we continue to draw off God, abide in God, as we talked about last time. And that transformation begins to happen. We don't know what's going to be the end result. We don't know how we're going to look like when Jesus Christ comes. But one thing that we do know and that it gives us hope is we are children of God right now. It doesn't matter what you're struggling with right now. It doesn't matter what you did before you got here. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday. If you have been born of God, you are a child of God right now. And see, many of you guys don't understand that because if you did, you would have been clapping up to Jesus and smiling. Because you now have the right to be called a child of God. That is a privilege. It is a right to do that. And not everybody has that right. See, a Muslim cannot sit here and say, I'm a child of God. You're a liar and the truth's not in you. A Jehovah Witness cannot sit here and say, I'm a child of God. You are a liar and the truth not in you. Because if you have not been born of God, born again, even in this room, you are not a child of God. You are still a child of this world, and therefore you will see a child of Satan himself. And so it goes on and it says this in verse 3, All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. What hope is he talking about? He's talking about the hope of being a child of God. You see, this is very vital right here. We must purify ourselves just as he is pure. Now, we all know that God purifies us, right, and cleanses us when we are saved. He forgives us of our sins. He washes us. He makes us born again. But why is John here saying we must purify ourselves just as he is pure? Did Jesus Christ halfway purify us? Did he do a halfway job? No. He did a finished work on the cross according to himself when he said, it is finished. And then he died. He gave up his spirit unto the Father. So what is he talking about here then? What he's talking about is this. When we accept and know that we are children of God right now, we will purify ourselves now and not wait till later. When we have the mindset that we will be children of God later, using the excuse, God is working on me, we leave no room or we leave room to sin and live in sin right now. Using the excuse that God is working on me so I can become a child of God and so I can still live in sin now until he makes me, until he makes me a, a child of God later. That is the trap that we all believe. See, what he's talking about when he's saying that we must purify ourselves is basically saying keeping ourselves from living a lifestyle of sin. It is our responsibility to continue to read the word of God, to continue to be in, in devotion and communion with God, to continue in one-on-one -on -one discipleship, to continue to come to Sunday service and receive as a family with the rest of the children of God, the family of God. It is our responsibility to say, no, I will not do the very things that the world is doing in a sinful manner. Instead, I will purify myself and keep myself pure just as God is pure. And so that takes, as we talked about last time, that takes a countercultural Christian to live in such a way. Because the moment you stop being a countercultural Christian, what that means is you just become a cultural Christian. You become a Christian who still calls himself a Christian but lives just like the world. There is no distinction. So now when we look at you, we're like, well, what is the difference between this guy and this guy that lives in the world? What is the difference? There is no difference. They talk the same. They look the same. They go to the club. They still smoke weed. They're doing all of the stuff. They love sin. 
and they live in sin. They practice sin. They make excuses for their sin. What is the difference then? So the only difference that can be is that we must be counter, opposing cultural opposing the culture as Christians. You guys understand what I'm saying? Some of you guys are like, I don't even know what's happening. All I know, and I'm still stuck on the fact that am I a child of God or a child of the devil? We will get there right now. All right, so this is what we must understand. John is trying to give us a certain perspective of how to look at everything else when it comes down to us being child of God. And the perspective is this. We do not do righteousness or right things unto God in order to become born of God or a child of God. You guys understand what I'm saying? We do not do in order to become. Do you guys get this? We don't do that. What it is is we became born of God, a child of God through Jesus Christ, and therefore do purify ourselves and become righteous. Because we became a child of God, therefore we do the things that are becoming a child of God. Do you guys understand? We don't work for our salvation. We don't work to be born of God or children of God. No, we become children of God by believing in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And from that perspective, we begin to do things that a child of God begins to do. That is how it works. But some of us in here, we try to do it backwards and we say, well, I need to do, 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 do in order so I can become a child of God. And it's like, no. You cannot do that. There is no way because now you're trying to earn your way as a child of God when something that has been given to you as a right by God Almighty. It's like saying, God, I don't want your gift. Instead, I'll pay for it. And God is like, you can never, you don't have enough money to pay for this. Your soul can't even pay for this. Nothing can pay for this. If I don't give it to you by your faith, by you believing in my son, you can never have it. That is good news. Because none of us in this room can earn salvation or become a child of God by your works. You have to submit yourself and say, God, I'm in need of a Savior. I believe in Jesus. Please save my life so I can become born of God and a child of God. Is everybody with me? Amen. That is good news. So therefore, moving on, it says this. This is verse 4 through 7, it goes on. The reason why it's saying this is because a lot of us in this last part are saying all who have this hope purify themselves just as he is pure. When we have the perspective that we are children of God now, we don't make excuses for sin because God is going to make us the children of God later on. See, the devil tells us you are unworthy and you are not good enough. You cannot call yourself a child of God right now even though you have true faith in God, even though you want to live a righteous life and pure life just as God is pure and just as God is righteous, you are not good enough and therefore you cannot call yourself a child of God now. And you know what many of us do? We believe that. And you know what happens right after that once we start believing that stuff? We start sinning right now. Instead of claiming that we are children of God right now, we claim the other opposite end and say, well, we're sinners right now. You guys ever said that about yourself? I'm just a sinner waiting for God to make me a child of God and a saint. I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Please show me in the Bible where it says Christians are sinners and I will give you my life. Just take my life. All right? Nowhere in there does it say we are sinners. It says we are saints. We are beloved by God. And just like in the scripture says, we are child of God, born of God. So therefore, it's a trap from the enemy trying to get us to rely upon these lies and say, well, since I'm not a child of God now, I might as well keep sinning now until God makes me a child of God later on. The devil is a lie. You are a child of God right now. I want to see if we can do that real fast. In the count of three, just tell yourself out loud, 
I am a child of God right now, right? One, two, three. I am a child of God right now, right? Let me do one more time. One, two, three. I am a child of God right now. And yes, you are through faith in Jesus Christ. And so we move on, and it says this in verse 4 through uh, uh, 6. It says, everyone who sins breaks the law. Whoa. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins, and in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. That's a real direct verse. And see, right there in that verse, it's real plain, and it says, anyone who keeps on sinning is obviously not a child of God. Anybody keep sinning in here? Nobody raise their hand. Y'all lying. We got one, two real people, three. Now everybody want to raise their hand and stuff. I'm a sinner. You're, a known, you're not a sinner unless you actually are a sinner. Unless you actually are a sinner. And let me explain what, what John is trying to say here. Such a person who does not purify themselves is in opposition to God because there is no sin in him. This is what John is talking about. John is talking about a person who practices sin as a lifestyle. Do you see the difference? You see, you have individuals, Christians, well, I'm a Christian myself, I'm a child of God, who commits sin and has the opportunity to say, God, forgive me, I repent, have mercy on me, God, I turn this way, help me with this struggle, God, give me deliverance, I have committed a sin. And then you have the other person who is totally against God and says, I sinned and I practice it. And guess what? I love it. I don't care about repenting. I love this stuff. I live for this kind of stuff. It's like football for me. I will keep doing this stuff. I love watching this stuff. I love the outcome of sin. I just love indulging in sin. It is an individual who continues to practice sin. That is the person that John is saying, you are a child of the devil himself. You don't either know God or never even seen God. You are a child of the enemy. See, because the fact of the matter is, we are trying to practice sin and even make excuses to keep on sinning, but yet trying to call ourselves children of God. John said, never let it be. You are this person. You don't either need, you never seen him or you don't even know him, meaning you have no part of God at all. If you are one who continues to practice sin and continue to make excuses for your sin, the Bible says you are a child of the devil. You guys are probably saying, Steve, it don't say that. It don't say that bluntly. Let me keep on reading so then John can put us all on blast, right? Let's keep going. True or false, matter of fact, first one. We are children of God now and therefore purify ourselves just as he is pure. Is that true or not? That is true. Praise God. Verses 7 through 10 says this. This is where it gets real. Dear children, do not anyone let anyone lead you astray. He's talking about the false teachers that he's been writing about this whole time up to chapter 3 and continue on. Don't let these people send you off and try to say, dude, you're okay. Keep on sinning. You're good, dude. As long as you go to church, as long as you pray, you're okay, dude. As long as your sister, your mom's a Christian, dude, you're going to make it. You'll be okay. They are lying to you. They are leading you astray. It says the one who does what is right is righteous just as he is righteous. But the one who does what is sinful is what? Y'all don't even want to say that because you're like, man, that is me. Man, that is me. God just put his light on me. Let's try this one more time. 
The one who does what is sinful is of the, the devil. It is of the devil. He makes the distinction right there. He separates the two people who think they're children of God compared to not being a child of God or I just want to do me. Notice that in this scripture, nowhere in there does it say, or just do you. He doesn't make a middle ground. No, he makes a clear distinction. You are of God or of the devil. You are either a child of God or a child of the devil himself. And this is the reason why. Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That's what it says. He came to destroy the devil's work. It says there is no middle ground of self. You are either of and in the Lord or of and in the devil, your father. That is what the Bible says. It says just as we purify ourselves because he is pure, we also do what is righteous, what is right, what what righteousness means right here, or right standing with God, because he is righteous, knowing that he appeared to take away sin in verse 5. Remember that? It says, the Bible says in verse 5, says, but you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. That's the first thing he appeared for. Second thing says, and to destroy the devil's work of being sinful. So therefore, he's making your identity and telling you what your identity is. As a child of God, you are no longer bound to sin. He has removed sin. He he appeared to take it away. And then the second thing it says, he appeared to destroy the devil's work of being sinful, meaning living a life of sin. So a child of God, Jesus Christ, has A, came and removed sin, and B, destroyed the works of the devil so you don't have to live a sinful life. A life that practices sin. So it says this, we purify ourselves because we are children of God who honor our Father who is pure and has taken our sins away through Christ and made us children of God. We do right because our God is righteous and do not continue sinning as the devil because God has destroyed the devil's work of sinfulness because we are born of God and no longer children of the devil. Before we became born of God and born again, the Bible is clearly saying we were all children of the devil himself. There is never a middle ground. There is never a, man, I'm just doing me. There is never a that. Even though you did not know the truth, it doesn't take it away that it's truth. Even though you didn't know, like, I didn't even know I was serving the devil. I didn't even know that was my daddy. Just because you didn't know that I was poppy, daddy, whatever you want to call it, doesn't mean that it wasn't true. It had been true all along. You just didn't know it. You thought you were just doing you, walking in the mega mall, just chilling. Walking in the mall, doing your thing, sitting like, dude, I'm just doing me, and I'm loving this. Like a plastic blunt, let's chill, let's kick it, let's turn up, let's Netflix, let's chill, let's do all this stuff. And like, I'm just doing me. But the reality is, you were doing exactly what your father, the devil, was telling you to do. He was a sinful person right from the start. And so it says this, we keep going. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. If you are a child of God, you cannot continue to practice sin because the one who is inside of you would not let you do that because you're no longer the devil. You're of the Father, you're God, God the Father. And so we must understand when it says the word seed, right, seed, in the, in the Greek, seed actually means sperm. Yes, Look at Nate. Nate looked like, what? What did Pastor just say? He just said sperm. The moment I said that, I had to put his brother on blast. He looked up like, Daddy? 
Dude, yes, sperm. That's what it means. Seed means sperm in the Greek. Y'all like nasty. Y'all can't even handle this stuff. Look at you. My son is like, oh, my goodness. No, dad just went there. Take it easy, son, all right? Take it easy, all right? This is what it's saying. I need to break this down to you guys. We have been born of God, and God's seed remains in us. This is what happens. We're born into the world. Little babies, right? Where's little baby Yuli? He's over in the back. Man, I wish I would have had him. Little baby Yuli came in, crying and stuff like that, doing the thing, right? He was born into the world. Let's bring him up here, little awesome little man. I love this kid. You guys love this kid? He's the first little baby of Elevate, man. I love this little guy. Is he up? He's even up. You guys see him? He was born a month ago. Monday will make a month, right? I want you guys to understand this real fast. Right? I'm running out of time, and i got to hurry up now because my wife will then throw something at me. Listen now. When he was born, he was born into a what? Right? He had a, he had a mom and a dad, and what was that called? A family. Hallelujah. Right? Did he have a father? Yes, he does. Over there, have a mother? Yes, he's right over, she's right over there, right? Ashley and Yuli, praise God. He was born into this world, and what happens is that the seed, the seeds came together, right? Yuli, you know, birds, bees came together, bam, DNA, whoop, whoop, whoop. You guys know what I'm talking about? Up, down, side, whatever. And then this beautiful, awesome child came out, and guess what? The child looks like both of them. The DNA inside this child, right, is of both those individuals, right? So as little Yuli gets raised up and he starts growing up, he's going to start acting like Yuli, his dad, his mom, Ashley, and he's going to walk around with those same attitudes, those same mindsets, thank you, those same things because they came from the what? The seed, the parent, yes. They came from the sperm that got together with the egg and then the birds and the bees and boom and then music and then R. Kelly and then... All this other stuff happened. The baby came out just happy, just bam. Mama, daddy, they were doing a thing. Here I am. Check this out now, right? Listen to this now, right? The Bible just said right here, no one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed, a.k.a. sperm, remains in them. They cannot go on sinning because they have been born of God. Listen to what I'm talking about here, right? When you are born again, the Spirit of God comes inside of you, the Holy Spirit. And what begins to happen is that you begin, you are then born. Not it begins to happen, what happens is that you are born of heavenly things. The spirits, you are born again spiritually. And so what happens is that it's the same thing as God's DNA going inside of us spiritually through the Holy Spirit. And so the reason why we cannot keep sinning is because our DNA has been changed by God himself who lives inside of us through the third person of the Trinity who is called the Holy Spirit. And when he comes inside of us, what happens is that our mindset begins to change. We once wanted to do me, and now I want to do God. We once had attitudes that, that, that looked just like the world, but now we have the attitude of Jesus Christ. We once wanted to pursue all type of sinful things, but now we want to pursue the things of God. And so because of that reason, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We cannot go on sinning because we have been born again, born of God himself. And we had that inside of us. And so just as a child is born into the world, like we just explained, I want to go through that again. We are then the same way transformed and born again in Christ Jesus when we believe. We become children of God. Our mindset changes. Our vision changes. Our conversation changes. Right? 
What we're picking up is not a blunt anymore. What we're picking up is the Bible now, right? We're doing different things. Instead of going on Friday, man, trying to look for a girl you can hook up with because Netflix just came out with a new episode of Flash, and now I'm on Netflix and chill with this chick. Instead of doing that on Fridays, you're in Elevate. So instead of Netflixing and chilling, you're right now doing your praying and interceding instead of Netflix and chilling. You're doing things that God wants us to do, but it only happens when you become born again. And the question I have for you guys, because I can't even finish this sermon it's to be continued, right? But the question I have for you guys, if you guys can stand up, is this. Are you a child of God or a child of Satan himself? Who are you of? Who is your father? Who is your daddy? Is it God Almighty? If I can get Stephanie up here. Is it God Almighty or is it the devil himself? See, because what happens here, right, is this. We do what is right because our God is right. So we talked about all that stuff. Let me keep on going. I'm sorry about that. It says this. We cannot continue to sin because God's seed remains in us. We're born of God. Verse 10 says this. Check this out. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. He makes the distinction right there. He sets the two apart. And he says, this is how we know between these two factions, these two families. This is how you know who are children of God, God's children, and who are children of the devil. This is how we know. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child. Nor is anyone who does not love their brother and their sister. You see, it always comes back down to that love. And see, the thing is, we must understand here, family, is that we, there is no middle ground in this. There is no, I'm going to do me. Listen, doing you is doing the father that you represent. It's the devil. But doing God is a person who has been born of God, who has God's seed inside of them through the Holy Spirit, and who has been renewed right now. That today you can say, I am a child of God right now. And see, the thing is, we must understand here, because some of us, even probably my leaders are like, dude, I don't even know if I'm saved anymore because I've been sinning a whole lot. I struggle with this sin. And see, John is not talking about the individual who struggles with sin because he has an answer for that as well. He's talking about the individual who continues to practice sin and make excuses to continue to sin. He said that individual is a child of the devil. But the individual who struggles with sin, it doesn't mean that they're a child of the devil. It means that they are struggling with sin. But in their heart, they know, I want to do God's will. I want God to remove this out of my heart. And they continue to repent and ask God for forgiveness. See, God honors that because he knows the heart, in which we're going to talk about next week. But listen to this in closing. We have been born of God and God's seed remains in us. We are being transformed. So if you are struggling with sin, this is what we must do according to the scriptures. It said that we are born of God and therefore we must understand what the, what the whole meaning of born of God is. Just like with little Jr. over there, little Yuli. He was born into a what? A family. But before he was born into a family, he already had a what? He already had a father. He already had a mother. So his father was already there. 
And see, what we must do for those of you guys that are struggling with sin is submit to God as our Father. And number two, we must rely upon the Holy Spirit, the seed, the one who is inside of us that changes your DNA into the DNA of one who was born of God himself. He fills us up. And so we must submit and rely upon the Holy Spirit who is here to empower us and helps us to live for God Almighty. And the third one is to get accountability from your church family and other believers. You see, these three things are vital within a person who has been born of God. They have been born because they have a father. Obviously, a father and a mother who came together, but there is no mother in heaven. It's just God, Holy Spirit, right? The, the Son of God, right? So the thing is, you must submit to your father in heaven. Number two, you must lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. And number three, you must ask for help from the family of God. You weren't born spiritually to be alone. You were born into a family of children of God. You are not by yourself. But the devil wants to remove you and get you by yourself so that he can tell you that you're not a child of God right now. And so I want to encourage you guys. If A, you don't even know whose child you are. And even in saying that, you might just be the child of the devil himself. And B, if you want to be born again and become a child of God, I commend you guys. I encourage you guys. Come up to this altar, man. Because one thing that we must understand, God's enemies are not allowed to heaven. Let me tell you something. Children of the devil are not allowed in heaven. They won't even see heaven. They may see just the beginning parts of it when they see that angel who will judge them and cast them into the lake of fire. That's all they're going to see. That's as close as they will get any and all children of the devil. But a child of God comes with an inheritance of the Father, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There's riches that come with that stuff. There's peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. There is self-control. And so also, there's a family of us that we can always lean on and ask for help. You are not by yourself. But any of these three things, if you're feeling like you're by yourself, if you're feeling like, man, I need discipleship, I need the family of God to back me up and to disciple me so I can grow to maturity as a child of God, I would encourage you, get some one-on-one today. We got some people that came in already. I got my brother, Aiden, right here. He came in wanting one-on-one discipleship. He wanted that last week when he sent me a message. If you don't mind me using it, right? He sent me a message last week and said, man, I've been getting rocked by God and his word. And I just want to let you know that. So what do you want to do next? He said, I want discipleship. The man came to, I said, well, come Friday and we'll get you a disciple. The man came with expectations just sitting there waiting. Steve, I'm ready. I want discipleship. I said, dude, you ready? Come on, let's get you one. Let's go. And got him a disciple today because he recognized that, A, he has a father in heaven, and he has been born of God himself. He's been born again. And now he recognizes, I need the family of God to disciple me, to teach me, to train me up. And that's what many of you guys need, discipleship. But it all starts off with humility first to recognize and answer the question, whose child are you? Are you a child of God or a child of the devil himself? I can't answer that question for you. I can't. You have to answer that question yourself in your heart. 
Every eyes closed, every heavy head bowed right now. Let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray right now, God. And ask, Lord, that you would have your way, God, that today, God, you will make the distinction in the heart. And that you will speak to the heart right now and answer that question. Holy Spirit, bring it to the surface. Are we a child of God? Or are we a child of the devil himself? I pray, God, that if people don't know, God, they will come and get born again, even right now, born of God. And that being born of God, Lord God, that they will become and then begin to do. They will become a child of God and then begin to do discipleship. They will become a child of God and begin to live righteously. Become a child of God and begin to purify themselves, God, and stay close to you. I pray that tonight, God, if people need discipleship, God, that they would ask, God. And, Lord, I also pray right now, God, whoever it is, God, that needs encouragement, who needs renewing a refreshment, they feel like they're alone. How can I live this, this life for God? I'm all about myself. That, God, they will receive your love and the love that comes from your body and family and children of God. Tonight, God, have your way, God. Be glorified, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, God. If that is you right now,